I'm glad that you get to be a part of what God is doing at South Point. Man, I just want to encourage you. You know, you get one hour of this, depending on how long I preach, but about one hour of this every week. And uh, it's just a, such an incredible thing for our worship team. They're all volunteers. They show up during the week. They practice. They get ready for you guys in, uh, with all their job and all their duties and kids going every which way. And I just want to encourage you, man, during those three or four or five songs, however many we do, just go after God. I mean, this is the one chance you get during the week to put all the distractions last week and all the distractions of next week behind you and in front of you and say, you know what, for the next few minutes, I'm just going to focus on what God wants to speak to my life. Amen? Cool. Let me, before we uh, jump into the message, let me uh, show you a slide, something that we've talked about uh, a lot the last month, and you're going to get to see a lot more of it for the next couple of weeks. These are our remaining goals for 2018. The reason we have these and we came up with these about a month ago is because all of our goals that we came up with in January, you crazy people have already met all of those goals. So what an incredible thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's incredible. And so what we did was after announcing that multiple times and getting all the stuff done that we wanted done, we're expanding our outreach, all different kinds of great stuff. We said, let's focus on three things that we can do that will really impact each of us spiritually for the remainder of this year. That's why you get to see these three things. Number one is that each person invite three people to church in the next six months. Don't wait till December, all right? Let, let's, let's try to stretch ourselves, grow ourselves, reach out and share with somebody else that you work with, that your neighbor's with. Let them know what God's doing at South Point. Let them know what God's doing in your life and why he's doing those things because he wants to show others his love. That's why you see the little hashtag below that, missions. That's one of our seven core values is missions, reaching out, sharing what God's doing with other people. So that's why we're trying to do that. The second one is every person become part of a point group. Now, let me just say, this is only a small part of what goes on at South Point. The big group meeting is only a small part. The, the meat and potatoes that'll change your life, it happens during the rest of the week. Some of them meet on Sunday night. Some of them meet during the week. Some of them meet Friday and Saturday nights. It's a small group where you get to meet people about your same stage of life, going through this kind of the same stuff, and that you get to do life with them. You get to meet people that believe similar to you, that attend your church, that are about the same stage of life, and you get to grow and build relationship with them. And that way, as you go through different things in life, good and bad, you get to share those with people and not go through them alone. Everybody think that's a good idea? Yep. And then the last one is that every point group would be a part of three outreaches because it's not just about us. The way we get better in life is remembering it's not just about us, that we help others. And so our first one coming up in July, uh, I believe it's July 21st, and you don't have to be a part of a point group. We're just initiating it through the sm- all of our small groups. Um, but anybody can be a part of this. We're going to go down to Rockwood Elementary and help them. Uh, we're going to have a big cookout, do family photos, haircuts. I don't know, we're giving away new cars and houses. I don't know, all that kind of stuff. It's just going to be a great day uh, where we help them. I think we we're, we're are giving away some, uh, giving them uh, school supplies and uniforms. They're, it's Oklahoma City School District, so they, they wear uniforms, and that's a big thing they struggle with is what the, the counselor, the principal, and the assistant principal, when we met with them about a month ago, that's what they said. That's what our, one of our biggest needs are. So you'll get, get to hear a lot more over the next month about that, but I just want to encourage you. Don't just attend on Sunday. That's just a small part of what's going on. 
be a part of what else is happening and uh, growing and developing people, people that you're sitting by on the row down or down the, in the seat down the row from you are going to be a part of that. So I want to encourage you to be a part of it. All right. That sound good. All right. Fantastic. If you have an orange bulletin, grab that. We're going to jump into week two of our summer series called Summer at South Point. Let me uh, catch you up for anybody that wasn't here last week. We, uh, we just kind of set a little foundation. We let you know that the goal of this series, through lots of different subjects and topics that we're going to be talking about, we have one goal. is to help each of us follow the Spirit of God better. God is not here. Jesus is not here in the flesh anymore. But what he did say is, I'm leaving the Holy Spirit with you to guide you through this life. So wouldn't that be perfectly rational? That would be one of the rare rational things that I do. Wouldn't it be perfectly rational for us to deduct from that one of the greatest things that we can do is learn to follow God's spirit better. Amen? All right, now, I'm gonna need y'all to help me out during this, all right? You know the rules. If you don't amen or, hey, that's good or something like that, then I just ramble on for like an hour and a half. But if you'll help me out a little bit, if you'll kind of, oh, that's good when you hear something you like, amen, or something, you know, stretch yourself. I know some of you aren't used to that, but I'll preach like 20 minutes. I mean, we'll be out of We'll beat all the other churches to the Cracker Barrel or wherever you're going, you know, and stuff, that kind of stuff. Anybody eat Cracker Barrel for lunch? That's kind of bad, isn't it, if you're doing that? <laughs> I eat everything for every meal, all right? Let's just get that straight. I'm, I do not discriminate. So we're going to jump in today, and we're going to lay a little foundation about, as we, as we talk about following the Spirit, what are we, what are we talking about? What are, what are some of the terms that are used in the Bible? I'm going to teach you a little bit, a little bit of Greek and Hebrew this morning. You're going to walk out of here with part of a theology degree, all right? You ready for that? So that's why you got to take notes today. There's a bunch of information, but it's really good information. It's not going to be teachy. Uh, we'll try to make it preachy as much as you root me on, all right? Over 800 times throughout the Bible, you see the word translated into Holy Spirit or ghost. How many, have ever, how many grew up with Holy Ghost being the main word? All right, how many grew up with Holy Spirit being the main version? Yeah, see, we're about half and half. That's good because that translation is through, from Genesis chapter one all the way to the end of the Bible over in Revelation. Throughout the Bible, that, that word or words are used together. And that's why I wanna start with that foundation this morning and show you a little bit in Hebrew and then a little bit in Greek what we're talking about when you read those words, all right? Because the most difficult thing when translating the Bible that the translators come up with is all the words in Hebrew, those don't translate to single words every time in English. Does that make sense? The same way in, in Greek in most of the New Testament. There's not always a word to translate from another language. So what they have to do is find closest ones. And that's what they've come up with for us. So the first one is the, the word in Hebrew that says this. It is ruach. Ruach, and you kind of have to say it like you got a piece of popcorn stuck in the back of your mouth. You know that ruach. Right, turn to your neighbor and practice one time. All right, you get in trouble. Ruach, and it means it's the Hebrew word for spirit, but it actually translates to this. It translates to a wind, breath, a violent exhalation, or a, a blast of breath. It translates literally to God's breath. So when you read that, now let me show it to you in scripture in Genesis 1 and see if it doesn't help you to understand that. Genesis 1 verse 2, second verse in the Bible says this. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit or the breath, the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now we know 
that God breathed into the animals, God breathed into Adam and Eve, but God gave the life that's on the planet, God gave that from his breath. So it's much easier for us to understand when we see the spirit of God is hovering over the waters to understand that that literally translates to the breath of God as God spoke it, as God breathed it, that's what was there. Does that make sense? And then let me show you in the, what most of the New Testament was translated into the, the Greek. Let me show you that word. You, a lot of you will understand this translation. The word is pneuma. It's where we get some of the root words for pneumonia, lungs, breath, that type of stuff. And it's very similar. It's a current of air, a blast of breath, or a strong breeze. It's like the wind. Isn't it, isn't it funny? We talk about this probably every other message at South Point. Isn't it amazing that we are constantly reminded that everything that is physical in this world, everything, everything physical was patterned after something in the spiritual that was here way before it. Everything created, everything God created, the wind was patterned after his breath. Everything that God created throughout scripture whether it's the prophets or Jesus would give analogies. Well, the kingdom of heaven is like this. God's word is like seed. The Holy Spirit is like breath. And would try to describe to us, in your world, this is what it's like. So that, that's why John 6, 63, listen to this. Jesus speaking, he says, the words I have spoken to you are spirit. They're breath and they are life. That, that's what I want us to to want at South Point. I, I want us to want the life of God. Do you know what I'm saying? Like in a, in a eager to know more about God kind of way. I, I want the life that you have for us, God. I want what you have for us. And so I wanna, as we develop this series and kind of, we'll, we're starting with the spirit and then we go into some other things to help us follow the spirit, some examples throughout scripture. I want you to understand some of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. If, if our goal is to follow the spirit better, I want you to understand that breath, that, that life of God that he wants to breathe still into our lives today. I want you to get some of the characteristics of that. So what, what we've done is taken the wind and taken some of those characteristics. All of us in Oklahoma, especially in central Oklahoma, we know exactly we're a perfect place to understand the characteristics of wind, aren't we? We're like a test tube for the world right here in, in Oklahoma more this whole area through here. So listen to some of these characteristics that are through the Bible about the, the spirit of God compared to the wind that we experience here on earth. So first of all, four things I want you to get. The first one is that wind is unseen. And that's super important for us as we go forward in this series. Wind is unseen. All right, li listen to what the scripture tells us, John 14, starting in verse 16. And I will ask the father, and he will give you another advocate. Some, some translations say counselor there to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. And here's where we see it's unseen. The world cannot accept him, this, the spirit of God, because he, it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Okay, let's, let's, what does that mean? So, we understand, we read through scripture, we understand that the Bible says the righteous, the believers, we don't live by what is seen. We live by faith, right? The righteous shall not live by faith or by sight, but by faith. 
So we understand that's part of believing in God. We don't have all the answers. We don't get to see all the evidence. Part of it we see and part of it we have evidence for. The other part is faith. We trust. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it says, but you will know him for he lives with you and will be in you. That last sentence, that's the goal for this series, to learn where the Holy Spirit's at in life and follow him. The world can't accept him because the world is, a, I got to see it to believe it. I watched a, a, a podcast yesterday on YouTube with a guy and he's, a, he's, a, he's moved from atheist to agnostic now because of the people that he's met with. And I, I love it when he has believers on his podcast and they start talking and he gets to the place where he goes, let's just change the subject. Oh, win, baby. That's a win right there. Because they're slowly talking to him about, not just about evidence, but it's about the Holy Spirit living in you. It's about the, about the Spirit of God guiding you, giving you information, helping you know the right decisions. And as that happens throughout life, you start to understand there's something else going on in me. Does that make sense? As I put my faith in God and trust him and walk according to his word and let his spirit lead me, I'm starting to believe more and more that this spirit is living in me and guiding me every single day. Just like Jesus said, amen? Does that make sense? And that, that's why he says that the spirit of God, the world can't believe in him because it doesn't seem. But you believe, why do you believe? Because you've seen him? Is it something only like Christian eyes get to see? No, it's because you've experienced him. When you gave your life to Christ, you, you understood what forgiveness was. You understood what hope in a hopeless situation was. You know what I'm saying? Like all of these things, as you, as you continue to grow in your faith, you get to see God move in your life, teach you things, guide you and direct you. And it p- connects the dots day after day. God is with me. God's spirit is with me. God is unseen, but he's here. His spirit, that breath, that wind, it's in me. Amen? Woo, I love it. The second one is this, that the wind, it's, unpredict- it's unpredictable. And everybody in central Oklahoma said amen? Yeah, it is unpredictable. Let me tell you another thing. That's why the spirit, when you start having messages like this, it kind of wigs some people out. We're gonna get to my wig out moment in a minute, but it, it scares people when you start talking about the Holy Spirit because in some areas, whatever your, maybe your faith background, you've experienced some things that have, Uh, made you nervous, that has scared you, that has shown you that the spirit is unpredictable. Maybe it showed you that people are unpredictable. Maybe it wasn't all spirit, but we'll just leave that to God. How about that? But listen to what the scripture says. John 3, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. Little little Cotton Eye Joe in there. Did y'all get that? Can't tell where it's going? Okay, just me, I guess. But here's the great part. So he starts with the wind, right? The wind blows wherever it goes. And it just, it doesn't have a boss. It's unpredictable. You don't know where it's going, where it's coming from. And then the last line. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. See, see that, that's the most difficult thing at being a believer is trusting God with your future. Not just you planning out every single minute of my life. Going, God is gonna lead me in this. The best that you have the best opportunity in this world is right where God wants to lead you to, amen? That's the greatest place you can ever be is where God wants to lead you in life. And as we put our faith in him and trust him, listen, listen, I've made many plans in my life, whether it be with a house or a career choice or only to have one kid, oops, 
uh, whatever it is. And God's, and, but in my wants, I'm like, Lord, here's the thing. Like that looks really good over there. And I want that. But let me just tell you, I want more what you have for me. I want your will more than anything. So lead me in your will, right? Guide me in your will. Even if it's difficult at first, if I have to make some hard decisions, that's cool. Because the greatest place for me to walk on this planet is where you are. And that's why my goal in life and in this series is learn to follow you better. Amen? Isn't that great? He compares it to the wind and he says, so it is a people born in the spirit. They say that being a Christian, oh, that's the easy life. Let me just tell you, it's the most difficult, but it's the greatest reward. It's difficult because I'm not trusting me. I'm trusting an unseen, unpredictable God. Have you ever thought about how unpredictable? Like how many times did God speak to somebody through a burning bush? And yet in multiple places that I've been, I had somebody come up to me at a conference one time and goes, have you had a burning bush experience? And I was like, what are you talking about? Where are the bushes at? And I, I knew what they meant, but they're saying like, we all need a burning bush. And I'm like, no, God did that one time about 5,000 years ago. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like all through scripture, most of the time, God speaks to you and you and you and you and you and you the way you need to be spoke to. Isn't that great? He knows you. He's unpredictable because he's gonna talk to you and lead you where's best for you. Even your family sometimes doesn't understand. Let me tell you, we left a place that was one of the, the, our sweet spot of youth ministry, one of our favorite places to ever be for youth ministry. And I remember going and telling my pastor, I said, all right, pastor, here's the deal. We've been here six years, done a lot of great work. And I feel like I am supposed to, we're supposed to go to this church. And I'm in my early thirties with two little bitty, like a two and a four-year-old or a three and a five-year-old. And I said, I think we're, we're gonna raise our money. They can't hire us, but we're gonna raise our own finances and we're gonna go start a youth ministry at this church plant. And you know what he said? Like, I was expecting to go, oh my gosh, y'all are following God. How exciting, that is so cool. And he goes, you're an idiot if you do that. I was like, what? He said, that would be the dumbest thing you could ever do. You have a bird nest on the ground right here. You got all, all the finances you want. You got a great youth center. You got this, you got that, you got this. Yeah, I already know all that. I've been arguing with God about that for a month. But where I came to is I want to follow God. the, The biggest regrets in life aren't usually the things we do. They're usually the things that we don't do. And I wanted to be able to, I want to be able to work 50, 60 years old looking at my kids going, aren't you glad we tried those things? Aren't you glad we did those things? I mean, yeah, maybe you didn't get a new motorcycle for Christmas, but look at what God's done in our lives. You know what I'm saying? It's unpredictable, but it's super rewarding. The third one is this, the wind, the wind is powerful. There's another one from Moore, Oklahoma. But listen to what he says in Acts 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is Jesus speaking before the day of Pentecost. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, first their hometown, in all of Judea, their country, and then Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Samaria was their surrounding country. And I just wanna say, every time I read this, the the power of God in our lives, depending on what your faith background is, is how you interpret this. But I wanna bring it down to something really, maybe more relevant than just our church background. I wanna say that any of us that have, if you lived on the planet more than 15 or 20 years, you've understood that you're gonna come up against situations and circumstances and problems in your life where human power has met its limit. 
We're done with that. We, like, I've prayed. Uh, I've, I mean, I've worked out everything I can. I've done all that I can do. Now, I need God's spirit to do the rest. Does that make sense? I need, I need God to show me an answer. I need God to meet those needs. I need God to open a door or close a door according to his will. Like, I need that power in my life. I need power to, to forgive my boss or pastor instead of killing him, right? I need a big amen on that, please. All right, thank you very much. I, I need power to step out of me and be more God, if that makes sense, without being hokey. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I need a power to live by faith and not by sight. Not just power like walk through cemeteries and raise people from the dead. I mean, that's what I always wonder about. Yeah, anyway, so that's a whole other message. But if you got the power to raise people, let's take you to Children's Hospital. That's where you need to be right there. Let's do that. I'm all for God knocking, knocking, using you and knocking a bunch of death right out. Let's go do it. My goal is to learn to follow him better so that this power, this supernatural power that knows exactly what I need, when I need it, or maybe, maybe even this, maybe what other people in my life need when they need it. And I'm the conduit, I'm the Jesus person, I'm the Christian in their world. I want that power in my life, amen? And the last one is this, the wind is refreshing. I read a, a book a couple of years ago by a pastor in uh, Alabama. I read a book called um, A Breath of Fresh Air. Or maybe it was just Fresh Air, Fresh Air by Pastor Chris Hodges. And it was right at a time that it had just been three or four months of just rough time. You ever have those just a long stretch of just roughness? Like things are going good, but nothing's going easy, if that makes sense. Everything's difficult. And you just kind of wore out. And I remember getting that book. Uh, oh, it's, it's for believers that need a breath of fresh air. And I got that book and read about half the book in one sitting. And it boiled down to the entire book was about learning to follow God's spirit better in life. The Holy Spirit is what's refreshing. And listen to one of the, my favorite verses out of Second Corinthians that is, or First Corinthians that came, I, I got out of this book, but I use it all the time now. First Corinthians 2, 9 says this, however it is written. I love it the way he starts that because you know, if you go read the chapter before that, he's probably coming out of something rough. And he says, however, I know it's been rough. However, I know it's been a difficult year. However, it gives you a little hope. All right, that's what he's saying. However, it's written. What no eye has conceived, it means you, you, even if you saw it, you wouldn't believe it. What no ear has heard, you, you can't put it into words. What no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. And here's the catch. These things God has revealed by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Listen, my hope as we follow God, as we learn to follow his spirit better, my hope is that I can't figure everything out. If I figure God out, I'm gonna be way disappointed. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah, like I, I believe that God has things in my life and in your life and in our church uh, future and, uh, that nobody even conceived. Nobody has, can figure out. Nobody has laid eyes on it. If you saw it, you wouldn't believe it. That's, that's what I'm praying for. And the way that we're gonna know how to get there is revealed through his spirit. Why is it so important to learn to follow God's spirit better? Why is it so important to learn that, hey, getting saved and giving your life to Jesus is step numero uno. It's number one. 
another million steps out there that God's wanting to grow you and teach you how to follow his spirit because the greatest life in Christ is in his spirit. It'll lead you right there. Amen? How do you get there? What, what steps do you take? How, how do you proceed? Everybody say how. I appreciate you asking. I actually have some notes that I was going to share with you for asking me that today. I'm glad. Why, why would I preach a message over this great thing and we just pray and go home? I want to share a couple of things with things that have helped me over the years out of God's word. And it says this, and here's the reason why Ephesians 4, somebody needs to underline this. This is in the message version. And I love the message version because it's a paraphrased version. It's not word for word translation. They give you thought for thought. So they capture the thought according to the word-for-word translation of what God is saying. Listen to this. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. That's what motivates me. Man, I do not want to get to heaven. And God, like everybody else goes in, I don't know how it's all going to work, but in my mind, this is the kind of the, you know, everybody else goes in and he goes, Scott, dude. Like I organized the whole planet, right? We got everything named, all the weather systems, cells, all of that kind of stuff. And then I died for you so that you wouldn't have to live according to the law. I I resurrected to show you don't even have to fear death. That I, I control everything, even death. I ascended into heaven and then I sent my spirit to walk you in my will all the days of your life. But for some reason, you ignored that whole second part. That whole Holy Spirit thing, that whole breath of God in your life, you just kind of went, yeah, I'm saved. And you forgot that that's the best part. Saved is just the start. The best part, that life and life to the fullest that he talks about in John 10, that's where it's at. That's why Ephesians 4 is my motivation. Don't grieve God. Don't take that gift for granted. Let's have a purpose this summer. Really, I pray this summer motivates us for the rest of our lives, but let's have a purpose this summer learn to follow God better. Amen? So here are the three steps. How? Number one is let go of your fears and misperceptions. Woo! Let go of your fears and misperceptions. Let me tell you, I want, I, many of you have heard my story many times, so I won't tell you the whole thing, but I grew up, I didn't get saved till I was 23 in college, didn't grow up in a godly household. Uh, I had some grandparents that went to church, and they actually went to church. We lived on a hill, um, and they went to church at a little Pentecostal church at the top of our street and over about half a block. My grandparents are still to this day greatest faith heroes in my life. Still to this day, amazing people. But the few times that I went to that little church growing up freaked me smooth out. Now, I don't know if you've ever not been raised in it, but then you go experience a church that you like you're not a part of. Like the first time I went to a, a Catholic church when I was in high school with a buddy of mine. I'm like, what's going on? What are these little things down here? You know, and, and what do you mean I can't go do communion? You know, and like all the, all the rules of that, you know, uh, messed me up. But, but the reason I bring up the, the little Pentecostal church is because I remember it like as growing up, the, what I experienced there without having the understanding of God's word to, to hash it out and to understand it and relate it freaked me out. And so I would go home and ask my parents, like, what was going on down at the front by the stage today? Man, it sounded like they were killing people and stuff. And, and my dad, 
totally not church. We go, I have no idea. And, you know, a bunch of weirdos. That's why we don't go. We just go and my mom and papa ask us to go eat, you know, and that kind of stuff. It's Easter or Christmas or like Father's Day, something like that. And so it was a part of why I didn't serve God because I didn't understand it. it. It scared me. It freaked me out. And then, and then a few years ago here at South Point, in one of my messages, I had listed in my notes as many as I could denominations and faiths and kind of stressed out there, about 42 or three or four, something like that. And I said, let me show you something in, in our service. I don't know if y'all remember that, but I started listening. How many was raised? Your faith background, you would say, was Baptist, Methodist, Nazarene, Assemblies of God. All, you know, all the way we hit Catholic. We even stressed out that we got some Mormons in there. And then I said, well, how many of you? I didn't mention anything. And we started with, and we started with zero. Like there's no faith. Like Budweiser, like that was maybe my faith growing up kind of thing. We had some hands on that. And I said, well, how many didn't have like, I didn't mention what yours was. And we had three or four in both services. Like, and I, I, did, I was afraid to ask. I want to go, what was that? You know, like, but here's what it showed me. We need clarification. We need understanding like this. Because all of us, we have different backgrounds. Yeah, like, we all agree right now. We agree on the main essentials and all that. But some of our backgrounds are really different. And that's why I say, let go of your fears and misperceptions. Listen, I had to, to become a believer, to become a Christian. I had to get past all the questions that I had, all the weird experiences, all that kind of stuff. I had to get past it. And I remember the, the night, March 17th, sitting in my old $500 vehicle, and I was tired of the life I was living. I was afraid I was going to die or go to prison. That's, that's my choice, or God. And I remember for multiple hours sitting in my old vehicle, and people are trying to get me out of the car. They're looking in the windows and knocking and just, I'm get out of here. And me and God are just having at it. I don't think I prayed. I don't know if I prayed my whole life until then. And I'm, we're just having it. I'm like, God, I'll do this. If you'll do this, I'm not doing that. You know, and about two hours into it, here, here's what I ended up saying. Here's my prayer. Lord, can I just be honest with you? You already know. I don't care about my past. My past has led me to here and I don't want any part of that. What I want is everything you have for me. I know nothing about you, but I believe what you have is good, and that's what I want. So from this day forward, just give me everything that's right for me. Give me everything you have. And over the last 25 years now, I've had to check myself multiple times when something, um, in an experience, you know, I've been to lots of different churches since then with friends and family and all, and instead of getting freaked out, I go, huh, is this something I don't know about? I'm going to go research that in God's Word. And that's why I would encourage you today, start with God's word and a blank page. Say, Lord, teach me how to follow you. It's your spirit, it's your breath, it's your wind teaching me. That's what you left to guide us, to reveal truth, to empower us. Teach me according to your word. Everybody say deal. All right. Second one is go all in. Go all in. You never experience God 100%. Until you give in 100%. If I've got a little attic in my spirit over here that's locked up with 20% of my life in, and I go, okay, Lord, you can have all of me except, you know, Friday night from 9 to 1. I don't, I don't want you in that. That's my fun time. Or, or maybe here's my past. I got my past locked up in here. Let's, I just don't want that, like, spirit thing. I'll just, I'll just do the whole word thing. Leave out the spirit thing. It freaks me out. God said, then, then you're going to miss out on what I have for you. 
I want you to go all in. Listen to what Jeremiah 29, 13 says. You will seek me and find me. That's the goal, right? Seek him and find him. When you seek me with all of your heart. Anybody that's ever been married understands the joke you go into marriage with thinking that it's 50-50 we'll have a great marriage. It's not 50-50. It's 100-100. I don't know how it ends up being 100 again, but it's still, that's what, God doesn't know math at all. You know, he said that the two shall get married and become one. I don't know how that works. But it's, it's not our ways, it's God's ways. God said, I'm, I'll lead you in it and you can find it you seek me with all your heart. And the last one is this, another message version. I love it. Develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians 13 says, love this. This, this is, by the way, this is a, a benediction. This is at the end of the letter. It's like sometimes like maybe Pastor Kyle will say, or whoever comes up to close the service will say, hey man, it's been great worshiping with you today. We just pray you have a great week that God blesses you and everything you do, you're dismissed. That's, that's a benediction. It's a blessing as you go out. And Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians and in the message version, it's my favorite version. It says this, the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ. There's the son, the extravagant love of God. There's the father and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Sometimes I feel like that's what is missing because of our past, our experiences, what maybe what I preach. But I want to challenge you. Let's develop. Let's learn this summer. Let's say, you know what? My goal, my goal is to follow God better, is to follow His Spirit, allow Him to lead me in life. Amen. I believe he has nothing but good for us. I believe he will not lead us into pain. He may lead us out of it. He may lead us through it. But I believe that God has great, never conceived by our mind, never seen by our eyes, never heard by our ears, great plans for each of us. We just have to be willing to go all in. Let me pray for us today. And I just have one prayer, one prayer for all of us, that God, you would help us get past or beyond or over our past and let us seek you with all of our heart. We want to follow your spirit. We want to experience pneuma. We want to experience your breath, wind in our life. We believe that's what's best for us. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your word. Even when I read that your word is living and active, it divides our thoughts and our attitudes. I understand that your word's alive. It's through your breath. You've spoken into existence. It does things in our spirit and our hearts and our minds. It changes us. It changes our souls. So we pray, Lord, everybody today, we offer up ourselves to you. We let you know right now, moving forward, we want to know you. We want to know you more. We want to follow your spirit and walk us right into your will for our lives. I pray that you'd help us to go all in, that you'd move past, help us to move past our preconceived, maybe misperceived ideas. And Lord, that we would develop an intimate friendship with you learn how to talk to you, learn how to trust you, learn how to follow you. 
It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, for the next few minutes, some of our prayer team will come up, a few of them across the front, but more than anything today, would you talk to him, whether it's with a prayer team member or right where you sit or stand, will you talk to him and tell him, say, Lord, that's what I want. I want to follow your spirit. I want you to lead me.